The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. We got a shift change going on. John Michaels just leaving the room. Brian Fennerin hanging around. Finn, you going to help me with this show? Whatever you need, Buck. No, you, you better get on up out right, of here. I'm, out. I'm sure you, Sorry. Family man, you got all these tea times to get to. I tell you, this locker room's playing more golf than anybody in town these days. A little bit envious with that. And home team must have a hundred websites pulled up on the computer. Let me see if we we'll click the X and see if they'll all go away. Uh, yes, we are now ready to go. Nerney in the house. Nerney, uh, traffic not too bad out there today. You look very calm, cool, and collected as we get the show started. Oh uh, yeah, man, it was a uh, it was an easy ride into uh, into work today for sure. Yeah, got Derek as opposed Thomas, to a lot of days. Derek Thomas ready to go. Uh, Matt Lear gonna hang around a little bit. Hey, Matt. And Road Dog Gillespie, he's on the road somewhere. Glad you're with me today here on the Buck Blue Show, Atlanta Sports Station, The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that mobile app. Listen on the smart speaker. Mobile app presented by or driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming. I see that dealership all the time. South Point Financial. Supporting that smart speaker. And the 10 o'clock hour brought to you by the fine people at the Haug Law Group. And we appreciate them. Let's get to work, Nerney. Bucks. Big. Team. All right, seven days and counting until the NFL draft kicks off in Las Vegas, baby. What will the Falcons do with the eighth pick of the first round? That is the big question. Here in the ATO. Right now, listen very closely. It's all quiet at the Falcons complex. Crickets. You can't hear anything. Live microphone the fan has inserted outside of the complex there in Flowery Branch. Nothing going on. And you know what? It should be all quiet at the Falcons complex. Makes no sense to be leaking information on what their plans are with this top 10 pick. By now, Terry Fontenot and the personnel staff, I'm sure they've identified several players they covet at number eight. I hope there's an edge rusher that they covet, an offensive lineman that they love, a cornerback they would love to add to the Mix over on defense. So plan A, plan B, and plan C, I'm guessing they're already in place. At this point, it's a waiting game. Waiting to see who will be on the board when the Falcons selection comes up at 8. Stay at 8 and the Falcons will get an impact player that they desperately need. 
And that's exactly what the Falcons need. More impact players, especially on the line of scrimmage. Offensive line, defensive line. And one more thing. At number eight, please, no quarterback. And please, no wide receiver. And there's your big take today as we get started. And uh, coming up at 1020 today, I'm going to move on to uh, the Falcons draft at number eight. We'll do a deep dive into why they need to add one of these offensive linemen. Coming up at 1020 today, so stick around for that just coming up in a few minutes. Right now, though, I'm all excited because I believe that we are close, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We are here. We are ready for the Braves' Ronald Acuna to be back in this Atlanta Braves lineup. Yes! Yes! (laughs) The Braves organization, they have targeted a May return for the young star. And we've heard it several times from several different people associated with the Atlanta Braves organization is that they're waiting on the doctors to check all the boxes. But has the timeline changed from that early May return? After seeing the rehab assignment Acuna had in Jacksonville, where he played right field, he hit leadoff in the batting order, and by the way, hit a rocket off that center field wall, said postgame he's better than he was before. And I pose the question to you, the listener, Physically, is there any difference, Matt Lear, in playing a baseball game at the AAA level and in the big leagues? The answer to the answer to that would be no. As my chair now falls down to, I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could be sitting in this chair. This thing is going down to the floor level. What's up with that, Nernie? I don't know, but I'm happy that we have cameras in here for moments just like this. I mean, right now, the camera's showing me, and I'm sitting so far down. It looks like I'm four foot four. It looks like you're on your knees right now. I mean, seriously. My goodness, man. Uh, Let let me repose that question. Physically, is there any difference in playing a triple-A baseball game and a game in the show? And the answer to that would be, DT, the answer would be no, absolutely not. No difference physically to playing in AAA or in the show. The biggest thing is going to be that first real test because now I'm sure he's playing. Well, wasn't that in AAA? See, that's the thing. He's playing hard. I know he's playing hard for the Stripers down there. Uh, but is he going to crash into a wall to try to grab a foul ball well, while he's down there? Well, what if he crashed into the wall at AAA? Well, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So, so we have to So they risk to try it that. at AAA but not in the big leagues? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he would be crashing into a wall in these uh, this during this rehab assignment. At least I wouldn't want to see that. But he's got to get that first test and uh, get – Yeah, he's, you know, it's all about in his head right now because, as you said, he said physically he feels very good. He's just going to have to uh, push better. it. He said better than ever. Yeah, that's 404-231-1680, the phone number. 404-231-1680, the phone number if you want to jump in here. I say put him in the lineup tomorrow night against the Marlins. And, look, they don't have that jerk Jose Urania on the Marlins team anymore. You remember the guy that drilled – 
Acuna for no apparent reason. Just you saying it, bringing it up. <laughs> I mean, but just, I Sean and I are ready to go yeah, right now. Let's... They don't have a rain uh, with the Marlins anymore, so we don't have to worry about some some idiot like Arania drilling Acuna in his first at bat. We don't have to worry about that. Obviously, Ronald Acuna is healthy, and he's ready. Let's play. Let's plug and play. Let's get him in the top of the lineup. Let's get this thing rolling. Again, he, he played a game in AAA. He played right field. He hit leadoff. He hit a rocket. And he looked great. So what sense does it make now to have him sit out more Major League Baseball games. I mean, apparently he's ready to go. If he had not already checked all the boxes, I guess there was one box left, and that was to have a rehab start and see where he's at. And I believe he checked that box off. And I'm not sure. Maybe the doctor, you know, they checked him out the next day and uh, took a look at the knee, and, you know, the knee was fine, or maybe the knee had a little bit of swelling. You know, if it was one of those deals, I'd understand. But apparently there wasn't any of that going on. So I'm ready to see him in this Braves lineup as we get this homestand underway coming up tomorrow night. Nelson joins us on the Buck Blue Show. Nelson, what's going on, brother? Hey, Buck. I'm from your generation, buddy. Hey, uh, just about Acuna, uh, you know, like you just I just heard on the air, you said uh, if the doc's checking him and they're checking for swelling, they don't want to jerk him up and down, you know, from AAA to big club and take a roster spot and things like that, I guess. But if that's not happening, I agree with you. Let him go on up there and let's play. You know, if he's not having any swelling or any after effects, let's do it. And come on out to Cherokee Run and play golf with us and bring the buckets with you. Hey, man, thanks so much for the offer. I'd love to be able to do that. Trying to gain some traction with this show. I mean, the locker room must feel confident. They're playing golf about two, three times a week. I'm trying to gain some traction with this Baloo show. But we would love to get up there and play with you. We appreciate it. Ian joins us on the show. Welcome to the Buck Blue Show, Ian. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. What's up? Hey, so uh, just thinking about Ronald coming back, very excited. Season's finally going to start. Hopefully we can get some turns going, get some wins. Uh, do you think he's going to come back for that big Mets series, you know, having Scherzer, having those great pitchers? Or is he going to come back when Atlanta comes home? Yeah, well, uh, we're going to find out, man. I would plug him in there tomorrow night against the Marlins, and let's roll. I mean, it looked like to me the little bit I saw of him playing for the Jumbo Shrimp, he looked like he was 100%. I mean, that rocket he hit off that right center field wall was a beautiful thing to see. Running, no problem. Playing the field, no issues at all. Again, if the doctors checked him out the next day and gave it a thumbs up, I would think, hey, it's, it's time to plug and play here in Atlanta. No use wasting any more time. I mean, what's one more game, two more games going to do in AAA? I throw him right in there against Scherzer, man, or whoever it is the Marlins have going tomorrow night. What I would guess is, and obviously I think the doctor's given them the all clear. I think structurally everything looks good. They want to, You want to have him out on the field. My guess, if anything, is is the mental aspect of coming back from an injury like this. You have to 
regain trust in yourself you know, when you're rounding the bases, when you're running in the outfield, you have to, you know, I, it's one thing to be physically, structurally, you know, fixed. It's another thing, of, you know, to get over that mental hurdle of, okay, can I plant like this? Can I push off like that? So maybe they just want to give him a couple of days to get over that mental thing so he fully trusts that he's recovered from injury. Yeah, play it safe. Yeah, I understand that part of it. But again, what about Acuna's comment after the game? I'm better than I've ever been before. If there was any hesitation, that would have shown up in his comments. He's saying, I've never been better than this moment right now. Hearing that tells me, well, he's ready to go. Yes! Yes! <laughs> we'll see about that part of it. All right. Uh, hey, man, let's get to the uh, Buck Blue Show headline. It's brought to you by our good friends at Grease Monkey. They work fast and they do it right. I go to greasemonkeyauto.com for more information and get in there and check them out. I've got a Saturday book signing coming up and coming. Universities Forever is the name of the store and the location there, 2080 Ronald Reagan Boulevard. I'll do a live show here on 680 The Fan Saturday from 11 to 12. Book signing from 12 to 2. Being an appearance by the UGA alumni Redcoat Band. Listen, uh, looking forward to hearing those guys and ladies play. Name of the book, Inside the Hedges, the quarterback's journey to the 1980 National Championship. And if you can't make it by on Saturday, you can go ahead and order the book right now online at InsideTheHedges.com. That's InsideTheHedges.com. Hope you like the book. Would appreciate your support. And uh, really excited about the book coming out. It's really given me the opportunity to do a couple of things. Brag on my hometown. And the journey took me through Valdosta, Georgia, the winningest high school football program in the country. Give it a little uh, secret sauce behind the curtains on why Valdosta High has been so successful in the high school football uh, arena over the years. And then also at Georgia gives me an opportunity to look back at the 1980 undefeated national championship season and really brag on some of the coaches, some of the players that never really got the credit that they deserved during that memorable season. So I hope you uh, enjoy the book. Hope you check it out, insidethehedges.com. All right, coming up next on the show, we're going to take a look at the Falcons' first-round pick. Yesterday, I uh, laid down, we did a deep dive into why the Falcons should look at trading back out of that number eight spot, trading back into the first round, acquiring more quality picks and help... Uh, speed up the process of rebuilding this roster, which needs some rebuilding. Today, we'll talk about why the Falcons need to add one of these offensive tackles with that eighth pick in the uh, draft. Plus, we'll chop it up, a little Georgia talk in the roundtable. Coming up next on the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY. And there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacey Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. 
When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. Sports Station, the fan. Thanks for hanging out with us 10 to 11, Monday through Friday. Hope I don't offend anybody. And I know this won't offend anybody, but we've got a pair of tickets to give away to the Braves-Marlins game coming up on Saturday, April 23rd. And want to give those away right now. 404-231-1680. DT, let's take the third caller. Braves and Marlins tickets for Saturday. Come on out to Truist Park and cheer the boys on. Hopefully Acuna's going to be in the lineup. Looking forward to that. And how about this, too? You can win big at racetrack with the Atlanta Braves. 680 The Fan, the Braves, and racetrack. We're giving you the opportunity to win Braves VIP experiences. Very important people. Sweet tickets, silver seat tickets, coolers, kits. Cups, koozies, T-shirts, and much, much more. I want you to join the fan promo team to register for your chance to win. And you can do that today from 4 to 6 at Racetrack, 1385 McFarland Parkway in Alpharetta. See full details at 680thefan.com slash racetrack. Again, today, Racetrack, <clears throat> McFarland Parkway in Alpharetta. I think that's named after one of our executives around here, Scott McFarland. Very impressive, Scotty. It's actually his second cousin, Billy McFarland, that uh, got that name wrote, uh, wrote named after him. Is he going with Bill now? Bill McFarland. All right, let's talk a little Falcons here. Falcons draft a week from today. We'll see the commissioner announce the Falcons pick in the first round. And who will it be? Yesterday, I spoke about a trade-back scenario. And the case study was the Falcons moving from 8, going back to 20. The Steelers going from 20, moving up to 8, and taking quarterback Malik Willis. Falcons at 20 would still have an opportunity to go with one of these awesome wide receivers I've been hearing about. Maybe go with a linebacker to help the defense out. Still get a quality player. <clears throat> but in this scenario, the thing I really love is adding more quality picks. We spoke about that yesterday. Today, though, we're going to focus in on the Falcons taking an offensive lineman with that top 10 pick they have. So who's going to be on the board at number eight? Well, I did a little research last night. And I noticed the teams that were interested in offensive tackles in the top 10 were Jacksonville at one, Houston at three, 
the Jets at four, and the Giants at five and seven. You look at the three offensive linemen that are targeted as a top ten pick, and you would come up with three names. Alabama and Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Ika McQuanu. Those three offensive linemen expected to go in the top ten. Now, the Jaguars, everybody's got the Jags going with Aiden Hutchinson with that first pick of the draft. You got the Lions at two. I'm sure they would love Hutchinson, who played at Michigan. A lot of rumors about the Lions taking a quarterback and going with Malik Willis in that two spot. Seen a lot of people, they've got the Houston Texans going with Trayvon Walker from Georgia in that number three slot. See a lot of teams or a lot of uh, these insiders going with the Jets taking Kayvon Thibodeau with the fourth pick of the first round. No, the Giants need a quality cornerback. They got a lot of needs, just like the Falcons cornerback is one of them. Got Ahmad Sauce Gardner, looking like a guy that most people have as one of the top-rated players in the draft. So I could see them taking a cornerback with that fifth pick. Panthers need him a quarterback. They're not really sold on Sam Darnold. They also could use an offensive lineman. Be interesting to see what they do at six. Got the Giants at seven with their second pick in the top ten. As I mentioned, they've got a lot of needs, tackle, cornerback, edge rusher. Chance they could take an offensive tackle there. But in that scenario I just ran through, there would still be an offensive tackle left on the board when the Falcons come up at eight, maybe two. Gosh, maybe three. What good? Let me pose this question here as far as those people out there uh, that are wanting the Falcons to go with the number one wide receiver in the draft, who was Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, in my opinion. I pose the question what good is an explosive wide receiver if your quarterback is getting sacked 50 times? Period. Look, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the lean years with the Braves and one of the, the arguably one of the best players on the team, the greatest commodity they had was Craig Kimbrell. He was a great player, but it made no sense to have Craig Kimbrell on a team that was going to lose 90 games. Just like it doesn't make sense to have a flashy wide receiver when, as you mentioned, you can barely protect your quarterback. Yeah, you what have, good is it to have this explosive receiver? Have virtually no running game. If your quarterback's laying on his back 50 times. And your defense has given up 35 points. And you're constantly, as a quarterback, under pressure. Should we keep going? What sense does that make? How good would that wide receiver be? The quarterback doesn't have time to get him the football. Examine you wide receiver lovers for the Falcons at eight. Please take a little bit of time and examine the Falcons' line of scrimmage. Look at the offensive line. Take a glance over at the defensive line. Look around the league. And what you should determine is that the Falcons 
have one of the worst line of scrimmages in the National Football League. Fix it. Yeah, fix it on both sides. And then you can go out and get some toys. It's like getting a real fresh coat of paint on your pretty car, but the transmission doesn't work. Let's, let's take care of what we need to take care of first. And I tell you what, the guy I covet would be Evan Neal out of Alabama. I mean, he's the most versatile of these three offensive linemen. He can play left tackle. He can play offensive guard. He could play right tackle. He's six foot eight, 337 pounds, a mammoth of a human being. He's competed against the best talent that college football has to offer, and he's won every single matchup that he's had. Evan Neal would be the player that I would be coveting. Now, I like Charles Cross. Pro Football Focus has said he's the bad, he's the best pass protector of the three offensive linemen I'm talking about here. Maybe the purest left tackle in the draft. And then Aquanu, out of NC State, regarded as the best run blocker, very powerful. But I think Evan Neal's the most versatile and to me the most impressive. If he's on the board at eight and the Falcons pass on Evan Neal, I'm going to be disappointed because our line of scrimmage is one of the worst in the National Football League. And tomorrow we will look at another, dive into another position that the Falcons should be looking at when it comes to that eighth pick in the first round. And while we're talking draft, what do you say we do an NFL top five draft related? The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. It's time for Buck Baloo's top five. Yeah, let's speed it up a little bit. I have fun with these. All right, on the line, let's go. What you got? First one, Buck, I will start at the top of the draft. Kind of an NFL draft-related top five. If you were Trent Baalke, what do you do at number one for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I would uh, protect my biggest investment, the franchise quarterback that you selected with the first pick of the draft a year ago, Trevor Lawrence, who signed a $36 million deal, gave him a $24 million signing bonus. I would protect Trevor Lawrence by going with an offensive lineman. Aiden Hutchinson can't help protect Trevor Lawrence. So I'd go with one of these three offensive tackles. I would go with Evan Neal. Poor Trevor Lawrence did not have a lot of help last year. And running for his life. Well, if that's where we're going at number one, who's going to want to go at number two? What do you think happens there? Any players pushing to go at number two? The Detroit Lions? Yes. (laughs) There's not one player in the draft that wants to go play for the Detroit Lions. Not one. They talked to Matthew Stafford before? Or Calvin Johnson? How about Barry Sanders? <laughs> the list goes on. There's not one player in this draft. DeAndre Swift? That wants to go join the Lions organization. Not one. Not even Michigan star Aiden Hutchinson. 
So I'll tell you what, I would have tanked the interview with the Lions. I, I'm telling you. I, if I had an interview with the Lions. Football's more of a hobby for me. And they were considering taking me with I would have tanked the interview. Now, I don't know what I would have come up with, what I would have said. I've always liked basketball more. I would have done my best to offend them, unimpress them. I would have come up with some way where when the interview was over, they say, there's no way we're taking that guy. Probably just go over their record over the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah. They'll be embarrassed. All right. Well, speaking of uh, tough situations, if you're maybe a team like, say, Carolina, and you need a quarterback, who do you like? Maybe a Kenny Pickett or a Baker Mayfield? Oh, if it came down between those two guys? I mean, well, uh, You're going to draft yeah. a guy or you're going to bring in somebody from e- somewhere exactly. else? Exactly. You're looking to pick yeah. a new one? Yeah. Well, I'm going Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I'm not even hesitating with that because of Baker Mayfield and his his attitude. I wouldn't want his attitude as the quarterback of my organization. I want a guy like Matt Ryan that's representing the organization in a classy manner. Baker Mayfield is the opposite of that. I mean, he's not only living in your stadium, <laughs> but he's not representing your organization I think in his, a quality manner. His time in the stadium is his up. attitude. I wouldn't want any part of. I'd go Kenny Pickett, no hesitation. All right, Buck. Well, we're getting ready for the draft. I, I, shoot, it's just a week away. That's crazy. Seven days in county. I can't believe it, right? Next Thursday, we'll be getting it going. Uh, one of the best parts about the draft, right after they come off, if the guys are there in, in New York or wherever it is, Vegas now, they get the immediate interview. With Susie Colbert. Yes, yes Susie Colbert, whoever it is, maybe on NFL Network. What's your favorite post-draft uh, interview or comment? Like, I remember Tack McKinley losing his, losing his mind. Well, I mean, my goodness, he was cussing up a storm. Yeah. Get to the damn quarterback! Yeah. Get to the quarterback! <laughs> I mean, that was embarrassing. That's the first impression that all Falcons fans got of that young man, yeah. And he didn't do anything here in Atlanta yeah. but embarrass the organization. What a knucklehead pick that was. And he showed it as soon as he did that interview. Uh, most memorable, well, Tack McKinley, that was... One of the most memorable to me because I knew immediately we took the wrong guy. Uh, To me, it's Peyton Manning. Remember, uh, he was asked what he was going to do with all that money. I don't remember, no. When asked what he was going to do with all that number one money, Peyton Manning said, I plan to earn the money. I love, yeah. That's that's about as good an answer. And then reportedly, he showed up. At training camp in some old beat-up truck instead of some fancy high-end automobile. He's going to earn the money. I like that, Buck. That's yeah. a good call. All right, did you, were you able to hear some of the locker rooms mock draft this morning? Are you kidding? I listen every day course, on the way to course. work. All right, Buck. Well, we don't want to. We well, wanna. they had 3.0. I heard their little top 10 pick. Yeah, the mock draft 3.0. Draft. And Remember? I'm going to say John Michaels. Uh, had the worst pick, and, and I believe he had the first pick. I believe so, yes. Where he had had the Jaguars taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, I don't see him going number one. Well, you know, number one to me, you take the number one player in the draft, you've got no hesitation in doing that. And with Thibodeau, I know he looks great in shorts and a T-shirt. I know he's got some talent rushing the passer, but aren't there a, a few concerns about him? He's got to be a cornerstone of your franchise. I mean, does he love one. the game, or is he, is he just in it for the Monday? Well, uh, if I had any 
thought about him not being all in, I think I'd pass. So I'd, I think John Michaels doing the Jaguars a disservice by throwing Thibodeau's name out there. There is a concern. Do you love the game or not? Uh, do you have these pass? Have you worked with Chuck Smith, Dr. Pass Rush? No, he hasn't. Can't sign any defensive linemen that haven't worked with Chuck I'd Smith. I'd have some hesitation, so therefore I would not take him with that first pick. Maybe Michaels is trying to set up the Jags. You know, want to see him lose. Home team a little later, grabbing Sauce Gardner for the Falcons. Yeah. Sauce Gardner. Uh, we'll take that over receiver. Look, it's the we? National Football League. They're... Every single team is throwing other than Seattle, throwing it 40 times a game. You got to be able to cover. You need an impact player, and it looks like to me they're two impact cornerbacks. You got Ahmad Gardner. I don't know him, so I'm not going to call him Sauce. Sauce. And then the guy I really like uh, coming out of LSU. I'd like to work on getting that quarterback on the Stingley. ground before he's able to throw it yeah, to your receiver. That might help, too. All right, here's your top five. <laughs> Top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yes, sir. The top five, huh? And uh, what about MLB The Show 2022? You know, my boys have been asking me for this. Dad, can you, uh, does 680 The Fan have any of these, uh, The Show 2022? And I can well, you know, I hadn't seen any laying around the station. Listen up, it's out. MLB The Show 22. It's ready to play on PlayStation, Xbox, and for the very first time, Nintendo Switch. And uh, online co-op play and MLB The Show is here. Build your team together in a squad to play online. And we, uh, we have some here at 680 The Fan. And uh, you can get it now for PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo consoles at theshow.com. It's rated E for everyone. And, Dad, you want to get one of these and take it on home to your boys. I'm sure they're asking you for one of those, too. Let's get to the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25-20, far side line, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union. How Glogu, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA. And by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Yes, sir, the Bulldog Roundtable every day here on the show. Got some Bulldog content for you. And I was reading something, uh, researching for the show today online. I ran across one of the outlets, I believe it was 24-7 Sports. Had a piece up about who's got the easiest schedule in the SEC, where there are no easy schedules in the Southeastern Conference. But this was the story they dove into. Who has the easiest schedule in 2022? And it's the Georgia Bulldogs, they determined. The easiest schedule in the upcoming season. They said that Georgia should be a double-digit favorite in every single game. Every single game. And you look at their schedule, and and let's run through it very quickly here. Right out of the gate in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game here in the ATL, we've got the Oregon Ducks and Dan Lanning showing up. Maybe maybe the best team in the Pac-12. 
certainly uh, one of the most talented teams in the Pac-12. you got a head coach that knows this Georgia personnel grouping and scheme inside and out, Dan Lanning. I wouldn't look at that one as being a easy game, and I wouldn't think that would be a double-digit situation as far as the gambling goes. I think that is under 10, in my opinion. Uh, then they, uh, Georgia, the first SEC game, they go to Columbia, taking on a really solid South Carolina team. Doesn't look like an easy trip to me, but a game Georgia should win. A couple of weeks later, they make a trip out to Missouri. Should be able to handle the Tigers. Come back home and they take on the Auburn Tigers between the hedges at Sanford Stadium. Another game Georgia should win and win pretty easily, I would imagine. After that one, host Vanderbilt. Blowout win for the Georgia Bulldogs. Take a week off, regroup, get ready to head down to Jacksonville and take on those new Florida Gators. Should be a game Georgia should be able to handle. Come back home the next week between the hedges and take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Josh Heupel doing some really good work up in Knoxville, not only with their NIL support, but running that offense. Now, that should be a game this Georgia defense is going to get tested in. Then I believe Georgia's going to make a trip out to Stark Vegas and don't laugh and don't immediately think that's going to be an easy game for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I went uh, I went to a, a Mississippi State game in Starkville a year ago for the very first time. And I noticed that they have a real home field advantage at their stadium. Their fans, and there were about 60,000-plus uh, 60, crammed into the stadium, and every single one of them had a cowbell. And they were ringing that cowbell, and they were ringing it for four quarters during that game. And I thought, this is an advantage. This is an advantage big time for Mississippi State. I think if I remember correctly, they have made a rule that you're not supposed to, you can't have artificial noisemakers in an SEC stadium. Like uh, here at the Georgia Bulldogs, they were down the street, they couldn't just start giving out cowbells. Mississippi State was already, I guess, kind of grandfathered in. Right, they're the only ones that can. Uh, yeah. That, I gotta have more cowbells. And their fans are not allowed to take the cowbells on the road. So this is the only place you, you have this advantage. It's loud, brother. You can hardly talk to the person next to you when they start ringing those cowbells. So I wouldn't expect, and Leach is going to be throwing that thing all over the lot. They've got a quality quarterback. I would think that would be a, a, a one of the tougher games Georgia's going to face this upcoming season. Then you head to Lexington to take on a tough Kentucky team and finish up with Georgia Tech in Athens a little after Thanksgiving. So just running through the schedule... Yeah, it, I could see where somebody might might research the, the thing and say, okay, Georgia, the easiest schedule, the 14th hardest schedule in the SEC. Alabama's 11th, by the way. So it's not like they've got a killer schedule either. So what, do the, uh, what does that amount to? Well, I think it amounts to the SEC championship game. It's going to be a battle of top five teams in Georgia and Alabama going at it in the SEC title game. The hardest schedule. Reportedly would, well, I'm going to eliminate Vandy from the conversation because, look, they're so non-competitive that, you know, sort of a no-brainer to say Vandy would have the hardest schedule in the SEC. But besides Vanderbilt, it's Auburn, who plays Alabama and Georgia. Plus, they play Penn State. 
and they have that SEC West schedule that is tough. Auburn with the toughest schedule in the SEC. Georgia with the easiest schedule in the SEC. All right, coming back on the other side, we'll do a little quarterback club, wrap things up. Glad you're with me today. It's the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Shades on in the club. You got the Buck Baloo Show, man. We're going heavy with the NFL draft. Seven days and counting. Aren't you excited? The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. What will the Falcons do at eight? Please, no quarterback or wide receiver. Let's rebuild that line of scrimmage that's embarrassing. Want to invite you to check out some of the podcasts we have at 680 The Fan. That is brought to you by Associated Credit Union. From the Dogs to the Braves to the Falcons, we've got you covered like Southern Beat with Dan Matthews, or From the Perch, a Falcons podcast with Michael Rothstein, or Go Bucks Beat, selfishly. Episode 59 dropped yesterday. I wrap up G-Day, and also Chris Mortensen joins me to break down the Georgia players that are in the NFL draft coming up next Thursday. You can find that wherever it is. You get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or go to thepodcastpark.com. And you can find it there. Scroll down, you'll find me. Uh, Bucks Beat there. I want to invite you to check that out. Nice and more to spend some extra time with me and talk specifically about the Georgia players. They could have three to five guys going the first round next Thursday. That is uh, just mind-blowing. Three to five first-round picks all on the defensive side of the ball. What a good look for the program. Kirby Smart's got to take advantage of that. You don't, you're not going to get a better stage for recruiting. Yeah, go hang out in the green room. Yeah, look at me. Oh, by the way, you see this ring? Yeah. Yeah, check out the ring, man. That ring's looking good. Let's get to the quarterback club. Shades on in the club. Man, I left the shades in the car. Come on, Buck. Uh, seriously. Don't have the shades today. But we got the club. 
Well, let's talk about these three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks that are going to be drafted uh, pretty high in the draft starting next Thursday. Now, yesterday on the show, Mort eliminated one of the quarterbacks. The kid from Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter. Mort saying that he doesn't have the arm talent to play in the National Football League. And he's not that accurate either, best I can tell. So stay away from him. I'm sure he's a fine person, though. We got some teams still desperate for a quarterback. I look at the Lions. They got Jared Goff for at least for this one year. And then you're looking to plug and play somebody else in 23. So put the Lions on the list. They are looking for a quarterback out of the quarterback club. They draft second and also at the top of the second round. So keep that in mind. You got the Seahawks at nine. Got Russell Wilson in Denver these days. So the Seahawks need a quarterback. So do the Panthers. They don't believe in Sam Darnold. Number one quarterback on my board is Kenny Pickett. Pickett, the best passer of the group. He's pro-ready as far as experience, maturity, ability to lead grown men. He's older than these other guys. I've got him number one. He could be the second quarterback selected, but I pick it mid-round one. Malik Willis, most talented of the group, needs to polish it up on his accuracy and decision-making. He probably is going to be the first quarterback off the board. And then you got Sam Howell, who looks like to me will be a top-of-the-second-round guy. Number two passer of the group, mobile, evasive, can lead. I'll look for him at the top of the second round, as well as uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Top to mid-second round pick makes sense for me. And there's the uh, quarterback club today. Uh, The final word is this. It looks like Georgia's Trayvon Walker has been moving up the draft boards. When you look at Las Vegas, They've got Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson as the consensus favorite the last two months of being the top pick in the draft. But Trayvon Walker has actually appeared on the radar, and now he is right up behind Aiden Hutchinson as far as odds of being the first player taken in the draft. Started as a 30-to-1 long shot, but now has the second-best odds to be selected first. Young man out of Ups and Lee and Thomason. Former five-star basketball player, won a state championship. Wishing Trayvon Walker nothing but the best. It's going to do it for the Buck Blue Show today. Thanks for hanging. We'll be back tomorrow at 10. Hope you'll join me then. Nick and Chris coming up next here on The Fan. Thank you, Buck. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, 
His goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. 